0: Okay. Um, and this Torah is very special we're gonna see lots of things it's obviously at a time where rabenu um, we know when rabenu gives a lesson it's very applicable to the to the time period and what's happening around see how many stories where students were around Rabenu, where they are having certain problems, and <laughs> within the problems that they were having, Rabenu brought the tikkun of their, their thing and explained to them exactly what they needed to do within the actual lesson. And this, and for generations to come, all the people who would suffer with certain things, Rabenu has has all the tikkunim within the lessons. The person has just, just has to open up his eyes and pay attention. So this was at a time where Rabenu was seeing um, where there was lots of decrees against the Jewish people, and there was a certain decree coming out of... Um, of Eastern Europe at the time, in Ukraine, where they were actually drafting Jewish people into the army, and this rabbi said he knew that this would be the end of um, Jewish faith and stuff like this. That they would shave off the kids' peyote and the beard, and they would stop studying Torah and then go off the path completely. This was the, this was a very dangerous thing, and this was co- something called the punctin, the points. This was something that the J- Ukrainian government had in had in mind for a long time, the Russian government. And um, Rabenu saw the dangers of this, and Rabenu for many many years um, for what do you call for um, for that year where he was understanding that this was in talks that this was something that was uh, potentially going to happen. Rabenu that year danced a lot more than usual, and Rabinatan says about the dancing Rabenu: had you not seen the dancing Rabenu, you've never seen anything good in your life. He used to dance at his he was dancing at his daughter's wedding more than usual. And specifically, he brought a Torah, which is Torah Hay, which is going to speak about nullifying decrees and how a person is able to nullify a decree. Um, and specifically, Rabenu that year, he danced tremendously and he said that this decree has been pushed off by 20 some odd years. And uh, 25 years later, from when Rabenu made that statement, um, the decree came into place. So Rabenu did the decree through this, but we see that this Torah has a tremendous significance. We're going to see how. Um so let's see how Rabenu does this. This is from the, the language of Rabbenu, may his memory be a blessing. The ending. Um with trumpets they the sound of the shofar, shout out before the king Hashem. So let's see how Rabbenu is going to start. Because every person needs to say, The world was not created except for me. A person must say this to himself every single day. We find that when a person, when the world is created for me, I need to see and to analyze at all times with it about the rectification of the world. I need to see how to rectify the world and to fill what is lacking in the world, and to pray on their behalf. So we see here many different things, responsibilities a person has to do, to look at tikkun olam, to fill what's lacking in the world, specifically to pray. And here Rabenu is going to approach the idea of prayer. And the aspect of prayer comes with two approaches. So Rabenu says like this. You have to understand whether the decree has been decreed or not yet. Because before the decree has been brought down, then you can pray properly as normally, as prayer is normally and you don't need to disguise and enclose your prayer with uh in something else but once the decree has already been brought down a person needs to disguise his prayer to enclose his prayer so that the malachim that are standing on the left side the angels that are standing on the left side which are the accusing angels that they shouldn't accuse <speaking in Hebrew> it says <speaking in Hebrew> the verdict is decreed by the destroying angels so it says that the uh what do you call it? the angels on the left side can can use your tfila. <laughs> And uh, here Rabbeinud is explaining that a person has to disguise his prayer so that the, the the angels on the left side don't take his prayer and bring down decrees with it and strengthen the decree or do whatever it is that can damage um, the Jewish people or what, or whatever the decree is coming to, to do. <laughs> I mean, this is a reference to after the the, xardine, the verdict, the, the decree has been brought down. <laughs> then what happens? So, the The ending of that phrase is the verdict is decreed by the destroying angels and then it finishes off by saying that the, the the request is through the ma'amar of the Holy Ones. But that means is like this. So when the, the decree is brought down by the, the destroying angels already, then the Tzadikim, disguised, Rabbeinu says, encloses their requests in a ma'amar. What we call ma'amar is like a story, a, a saying, whatever it is. Whatever that means. So you have to disguise disguise your prayer in an unnormal fashion, in in an um in like a weird fashion to disguise your, your prayer from the, the 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 evil angels who have already brought down the decree. So now is gonna explain how you know whether it's before the Xardin or after how do you know whether the decree has been brought down or not? Through the mitzvot that one accomplishes, one does, one is able to know the difference. And specifically when one accomplishes the mitzvot and does the mitzvot with such a great simcha, until the point where he literally wants no reward for the world to come. All he wants is that Hashem sends him and provides for him another mitzvah so that he should accomplish his mitzvah. In reward for the mitzvah that he just accomplished, Hashem sends him another mitzvah. This is the reward he wants. In the Mishnah, the reward for a mitzvah is a mitzvah. This is a reference to this person who gets to such a level where he only wants another mitzvah as a reward for the mitzvah that he just accomplished. He doesn't want any onamabah. Because he benefits from the mitvah in itself. This is the difference between the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu and the prophecy between the other prophets. Moshe spoke to the heads of the tribes. This is the matter that Hashem spoke to. Perash what did Rashi say on that verse? This is the matter that Hashem commanded. Um, Rashi explains on that verse All the prophets, they prophesied with the aspect of ko Like this, God said ko. Look at the word ko and ze, the difference But Moshe achieved more That he prophesied with the aspect of This is the matter Meaning the matter was clear in Moshe's eyes As he was able to say ze Whereas the other prophets could only say ko Like this It wasn't this It wasn't clear because the aspect of the word code like is um it's like a glass that is is dull it doesn't shine bright a dull um mirror it's like a foggy glass this is this is the the aspect of Moshe who says this is the matter is the aspect of a a clear glass. And these two aspects of prophecy exist within service of Hashem. They they manifest in, in to avodat Hashem. Adam a person a person who does the mitzvah for the world of the world to come? Which means that he doesn't benefit from the mitzvah in itself. He wants something else in return, which is. That's If he didn't know, if he if they didn't give to him Ulama Ba Um as its reward, if he did they didn't give him a reward of Ulama Ba for the mitvah that he just accomplished, he would not do the mitvah. Um this is the aspect of ko the other Nevi, the foggy glass, like a person who sees something from afar. The same is true of the way he accomplishes the mitvah He does the mitzvah um, in order that he should re- receive his reward at a later time. Like a person who sees from afar, meaning he sees the, the object later, this person is going to see his reward later. He does it for something um, to come at a future time. Meaning after this world. Now Rabban is explaining something also. The payment of reward is called in the aspect in the name of navi, Prophet. How does payment have to do with prophecy? Or this aspect of profit? How does getting your reward um, called this idea of Nabi? It says in Tehilim, He will come with songs of joy. No al-mu'ataf, carrying a sheep. this is a, um, in it's speaking about a person who's coming to sow his field, and plant his field. Um, he's, he plants in sadness, but he comes to, with songs of joy whenever he carries his bag full of these grains, you know. Because he doesn't see the, he, he comes to collect his reward, because the reward for the planting is the, the crops that you receive from it. So lo- take a lo- look at the first letters of this phrase: Yavo Verina Nose Arumatav. You have Yud Yavo Verina Bet se Nun Arumatav. Here we see. So we before we we get to that we say Yavo Verina Nose Arumatav Hashit Tevot Navi. It's the aspect of prophet. So here Rabbah was going to explain. He's going to explain. And there in this verse. Um, um, in this verse, you have this aspect of pay, of, paying, of getting your reward. <speaking in Hebrew> what do we say in this in this verse before um, before Yavovarin? We see we say this. <speaking in Hebrew> and then we say <speaking in> Boy, <Hebrew> So we see <speaking in Hebrew> he who goes weeping on his way, he's crying on his way. <speaking in Hebrew> he's carrying a seed bag, his bag to plant all these seeds. What does it he mean? He's, he's pained by doing the mitvah. This is a reference to the mitvot. The ending of the verse is like this. He will come with songs of joy, carrying his bag of sheaves. Carrying his sheaves. That he will be happy in the future. That he's going to be happy when he receives the reward for his mitvot. This is a person who plants in sadness because he doesn't see what he's receiving yet. He doesn't have any of the the but whenever he comes to collect, he's happy. The same idea with the, the aspect of the foggy glass. The other nevi'im, not Moshe Rabbeinu, they do the mitzvah, but they don't do it for the mitzvah in itself. They do it for a reward that is going to come later. The aspect of of Ya'avov will come with songs of joy, carrying his sheaves. The first letters spell out navi. navi, but this navi, this prophet, you mean? who prophecies with the word Ze'adavach, meaning it's Moshe Rabbeinu, it's not these prophets who are happy when who are carrying their songs of joy, uh, who are coming with songs of joy, carrying their bags, because they now have received the reward. It's not Moshe Rabbeinu though, who prophesies with desire. He doesn't want the reward of the mitzvot, he wants the mitzvah in itself. That he's so happy with accomplishing the mitzvah that he rejects any sort of reward. We see that Moshe Rabbeinu's olam is the mitzvah in itself. This is the aspect of Navi. The word Nabi, which we said, is payment of this reward. Getting this reward. This is the aspect of Zihadavar. This is the, the clear glass. This is the person who sees the thing from a close, something from, a, from close, with a very beautiful and clear sight. So too he benefits from the mitvah in itself and his reward is right next to his eyes. Who's on this level, that he has such a simcha from the mitzvah, The person who has such mitzvah from the mitzvah that he literally wants no reward for the world to come, um, for the mitzvah that he just did, he literally wants no reward in the world to come for the mitzvah, he's able to know the difference between whether the decree has been brought down or whether it's not been brought down. He's able to know whether it's been brought down or not. I'm not gonna prove how now. Because the mitvot are a complete structure. Then mechainet kolamot and these mitvot bring life to all these places it to all the structures, to all these levels. Henkomat Adam, whether it's the structure of man, the stature of man, henkomat, whether it's the structure of the world, henkomat shana or the aspect of shana. Year. We're gonna see Adam Shana uh, we see Adam, Shana, and Olam. Ki Olam, Shana, Nefesh. Because Olam is... We're going to... What do you call it? We're going to see Olam, Shana, and Nefesh. Nefesh is going to be Adam. So we see these three aspects. There's the world, there's the year, and there's the soul. They receive their life force, their vitality from the mitzvot. All his works are done with emuna, meaning all the works that Hashem did, all His creations, are built with emuna, faith. And what is faith? And it says all your mitzvot are faith. So we see faith is all the works are done with faith. Meaning olam shana nefesh, which is all the encompassing aspects of creation. Because to create, you need this aspect of time, space, and this person. Right? Um, there's the time. There's the, there's the time, which is the aspect of shana. There's the olam, which is the space, which is the place. And then there's the the person himself, which is the Soh. So these works. Which is Mahaseu all his works, meaning all these creations of Hashem that Hashem has done, is done with faith. And what's faith? It's mitzvot. So all the all the his works are done with mitzvot. And what are mitzvot? We said it's a Kol It's a complete structure. And this complete structure brings life to all the other structures, which is Olam Shana Nevesh, the world, the soul, and the year. Hashem God Himself is a simple unity between mitzvot. He's actually one with the mitzvah. And when the works of Hashem are as should be in proper order and in order as they should be, then when a person does a mitzvah as it should be, as uh, as it should be done, then Hashem mitbach has so much simcha from the mitzvah and He takes so much pleasure from it. It says, Hashem, he takes simcha b'maasav and his works. Meaning, what do we say? Are his works bechol maasehu his mitzvot? We talked about bechol maasehu be'emuna. All his acts are emuna. Kol All his mitzvot are emuna. So we see that all his acts are emuna and all his mitzvot are emuna. Then mitzvot and acts are one idea. So look at those two psukim. You're going to see how mitzvot and ma'asehu are one idea. So how can ismach Hashem b'maasav? The same idea as maasehu, Hashem is happy with His maaseh, His works. This is the mitvot. Kemo baan melacha like a craftsman, she'll that he makes the vessel? The klipu and the vessel is beautiful." Asayhu mit anegba, then he takes great enjoyment and pleasure from it. And the simcha of Hashem is enclosed within the mitvot. Kiyemach tuto because they are one; they're unified. U'mi yaseh mitzvah be simcha be amitzvah and one who does the mitvah from the simcha of the mitvah within itself, meaning he does the simcha just for the mitzvah of it, he has so much simcha from the mitzvah itself. Nimsa, we find because what do we say? The mitva and Hashem are one. So, what happens when one enters into the simcha of the mitvah for itself? We find that he enters into the simcha of the mitvah, he enters into the simcha of a kadosh baruch. Hashem is happy with his works, meaning he's happy with this person now. Because he entered into the mitzvah, right? And then once he entered the mitzvah, because the mitzvah is Hashem, then he's entering into Hashem. So if Hashem is happy, um, if he's doing the mitzvah for the simcha of the mitzvah in itself, then the simcha he received from the mitzvah is directly going to be received from the simcha Hashem is going to have with him. The simcha that a person has within the mitzvah is reflective of how much simcha Hashem is with this person. Because the simcha, because the mitzvah and Hashem are one. So the amount of simcha you have within the mitzvah is the amount of simcha Hashem has with you. They're directly reflective of each other. And this is the aspect of Hashem is happy. Israel is happy in its maker. Meaning now that Hashem is happy in you, you're happy in Him, it's a a beautiful circle. This idea that you're happy within the mitzvah, you're happy within Hashem now. Because the mitzvah and Hashem are one. We said there's simple unity. So we see here something simple. We explain how all this idea of Olam Shana Nefesh is one complete structure. The mitvot bring life to this structure. And the mitvot are Hashem. So Hashem brings life to all these places. So whenever you're happy in uh, what do you call it, in the Simcha of the mitvah in itself, which is Olam Shana Nefesh, because the mitvah brings life to Olam Shana Nefesh. So if you're happy within the mitvah, then you're happy within Hashem. And Hashem is happy with you now. Um, It's a full circle. They all ties together. So we see here that when there's some sort of tsa'ah, some sort of anguish, or trouble, or deen, um, if there's some sort of judgment within the aspect of soul, uh, I'm just going to say, which is the aspect of the world, the soul, and the, and the, the year, Time, space, and so, and certainly the simcha of Hashem has been lessened. Because what do we say? Olam shana nefesh receives its source from the mitzvot. So, if in olam shana nefesh, if in one of these aspects um, there's some sort of judgment, then within the mitzvah there's a judgment also, because it receives its force from these three aspects receive its force and its life force from the judgment, from the mitzvah. So. And we said the mitzvah Hashem. So, certainly within Hashem, the simcha has been lessened. And he grieved in his heart. What did the shchina say? My head is heavy. My arms are heavy. This is an aspect whenever Hashem's simcha has been lessened because of the fact that there's been a din, a judgment, within the aspect of olam shara nefesh on a person, on a place, on a, um, a time. All this stuff. Whenever a soul has been decreed and within the, one of these three aspects in the simcha, Vashem has been lessened, the mitzvah is incomplete. There's no simcha within the mitzvah, there's a problem. But one who enters into simcha is able to know for certain how, according to this inyan of simcha, this idea of simcha, whether it's before the judgment had been decreed, or after it's been decreed. Because we just said, person's simcha is completely reflective of whether Hashem is b'simcha or not whether Hashem has brought down a decree within Olam Shana Nefesh <clears throat> and from a person who is able to know this like Moshe Rabbeinu who is Ze'adavah is also able to know upon which portion which division of this structure Olam Shana Nefesh that the, the, the decree has been brought down and judged on because he knows according to the structure of the mitvot for example if he's not able to accomplish the simcha of the head of the mitvot if he's not able to accomplish the mitvot that have to do with the head of the coma of the structure with simcha meaning what is the head meaning that are dependent upon the head meaning like for example and stuff like that the ideas of the head then you should know you should know that the judgment has been decreed upon the aspect of, of the heads of Olam Shana Nefesh and also in the other remaining structures of the mitzvot so the judgment is on the head and this is what it says the Chachamim uh, say in the Mechilta in the Gemara Betza Tetzain um, it says on Shabbat, Bishabbat, Zokhehome Echad Shabbat. about Shabbat, remember it from the first day of the week. Hanu Simchat, Vitaanug, Olamaba, meaning the Simcha and the enjoyment of Olamaba, which we know as Shabbat, Shubhachinat Shabbat, which represents Shabbat, because we know is Yom um, Dekul He Shabbat. I think it's the idea that the world to come is entirely a day of Shabbat. So we see here that Olamaba. And the Ta'anug, the enjoyment, the pleasure of Al-Maba, is the aspect of Shabbat. But you should remember from the first day of the week, as it said in the Gemara. You should feel it within the six days of creation. Which represent the aspect of accomplishing the acts of the mitzvot. Doing the mitzvot. Because the aspect of Olam Shana Nefesh, which are the six days of the week, because Hashem created the world through these three categories of Olam, World, uh, Year, and Soul. That these six days of the week represent Olam Shana Nefesh. So one, that through these, shabahem um, that through these um, mitvot, Olam Shana Nefesh were created. That through the aspect of the mitvot, Olam Shana Nefesh um, were created. And this is what it says in Dvarim. On that day, you shall give him his reward. On his day, you shall give him his reward. So what beyomot that his reward shall be from the mitzvot in itself before the sun sets that's the ending of the phrase meaning on his day you shall give him his word give him it to him like before he finishes his, his work day you know the Arizah was very makhbeed to give work to his um, to give his payment to his workers uh, before the end of the day before sunset he used to sometimes delay mincha until he used to pay his workers um, from this verse in the Torah meaning on that day he shall give him his reward but this is a reference to something deep. Chabad was explaining that you reward, that your reward shall be on that day. That your reward shall be from the mitzvot in itself, not from a later time. Before the sunset, your reward shall not be that you should not do the mitvah for the reward of the world to come. Which is after his sun sets. And what's a sun setting? It's a reference to Achamoto after a person's passing. Sun setting is a, an expression to say after a person passes away, meaning. On that day, you shall give him his reward. On his day, you shall give him his reward. Meaning, your reward shall be right in front of you, as if right now. Meaning, your reward shall be within the mitzvah, not within um, um, after the sun setting, which is after a person passed away. So, this, when a person knows all this stuff, then he can understand whether the decree has been brought down or it hasn't yet. And obviously, we explained it very deep, very deep stuff, but we'll continue. Simple idea is that a person who's able to attach themselves to this level, of can know all this. And know the main, the essential aspect of joy exists within the heart. David says, You place Simcha in my heart. It's impossible um, for the heart to be happy until you remove the crookedness within the heart. So simcha exists within the heart. But first, you have to get rid of crookedness within the heart. You should have a straight heart. And then you shall merit simcha. When your heart is straight, when there's simcha, the straight-hearted will be happy. So first get rid of the crookedness. And you get rid of the crookedness within the heart by straightening, uh, you straighten the crookedness of the heart through thunder. The thunder was only created except was only created to straighten the crookedness of the heart. So we see that thunder is meant to straighten crookedness of the heart, which prevents a person from being simcha. because simcha is dependent upon a straight heart. As we said, And thunder is the aspect of the voice that a person emits with strength. Um, in his prayer, and when a person emits his voice with strength in his prayer, he creates thunder. As the so thunder is created through strong voice in tefillah. When the rain clouds encounter, no, my bad. When the voice is released, the Arabi Avim encounters the rain clouds. So the voice is released from a person and encounters the clouds of rain then that voice is transmitted to creation this is thunder that voice that is transmitted to creation is thunder so when the voice is released and encounters rain clouds then that rain cloud transforms that voice into what we call thunder which then gets transmitted into creation and the creation hears this thunder so let's see what this really means to look at this deeply Rabbanu is going to explain Rabbanu is going to explain this deep Zohar this big Zohar into the aspect of prayer awesome this is the essence of thunder comes from gvorot, severities gvorah, strength din, right the thunder of his strength who will understand it says the thunder of his strength meaning thunder belongs to gvorot. so we see that thunder and gvura are one idea Thunder obviously naturally is something that scares a person. It's the aspect of din. Because of this, we bless that his strength and his his, his um his power, fill filled the world. It's a reference to the blessing that we make on whenever a person hears thunder. Why do we do that? Because thunder comes from The and the gvurot are the aspect of strength and thunder, strength and gvurah that a person emits his voice releases his voice with great strength and this voice then strikes the rain clouds now Rabbi was going to explain what does it mean when the Zohar says the voice that is released strikes and encounters the rain clouds it means that the voice that a person releases whenever he prays strikes what? the intellect, the mind when a voice hits your mind when your voice is able to be translated to your own Moach that from your mind come down drops and drops. Okay, zohar, as brought in the zohar in Pinchas, what does it mean drops? It's drops of um, seed it's referring to here. That from the mind, all the drops of semen that a person emits, that a man emits, actually stems from the mind. So what happened? All these drops stem from the mind. As the zohar says in, in Pinchas, Be'er ma'im chaim ve'nozlim min nivanon. Be'er ma'im chaim, Ma'im chaim, A well of... Um, a well of uh, water of life. Like oh, the water of life that is in this well. Drops from Lebanon. And the Zohar says, from the whiteness of the mind. This is a reference to these drops. Levanon comes from the word dibuna, whiteness. So it's referenced. So what do we see here? The aspect of rain clouds is the aspect of these drops that come down from the rain, from the from these clouds, are um, the aspect of these drops of the mind, which is obviously. So we're basically we're saying that this voice strikes the mind is in reference to the moach, the intellect, which is libuna de bocha, the whiteness of the mind. Or shepo be'ave mitra, Whenever a, when this voice strikes the clouds, the rain clouds. Which we said is the mind then what happens then his voice is transmitted to creation, his voice is heard to creation and this is the aspect of thunder, meaning the the rain clouds transform this voice and transform into the thunder, which then gets transmitted into creation, and this thunder this is known as thunder, this voice gets transformed into thunder, which then becomes heard by all of creation this is the voice um, the voice of your thunder, the sound of your thunder, Bagagal, was in the sphere. What did that mean, the sound of your thunder? Hanu in the spheres of your mind. So we see here that the voice then strikes, the voice which we said gets turned into thunder through the rain clouds, is in the sphere. What's a sphere? It's galgalta as well. So the idea of the spheres of the mind. Rabin was explaining here the spheres of the mind. The voice strikes the mind. This big tikkun when happened when a person releases voice with um with strength, then he's able to create this thunder <speaking in Hebrew> whenever it reaches the spheres of your mind <speaking in Hebrew> your voice then becomes thunder <speaking in Hebrew> and then becomes transmitted to creation <speaking in Hebrew> and this is what it says in um, um i think in te possibly in tedim the mouth that speaks wisdom what did that mean the mouth that speaks with wisdom it's the the speech that a person emits from his mouth with the uh, from uh, from his mouth strikes the voice that speaks wisdom, meaning the voice that you emit with speech um then strikes homa the idea of wisdom. Hanu the spheres of the mind. And the ending of the phrase ends, And and the meditations of my heart will be understanding. This idea that through this thunder that has been created whenever your voice strikes the mind, alef, the the heart is aroused. As the um, as we say, um, The voice arouses the intention. Um, and it says, look in the Gemara, Look there; you're going to see there, Rabbi and the Rosh. Um, look there to understand this. The idea that this is a reference to the heart fear words are heard. because one who has fear, his voice is made into thunder. Why is one who has fear his voice made into thunder? Because fear comes from gvura, and what is thunder? Gvura also. So we're going to see here how Rabeinu ties this. because thunder is from the side of Yitzchak, as we know. Ki the, thun- the the thunder of his strength. And what is Gevura? It? It's Yitzchak, we know. So we see here, Barachot, Samech Aleph, and look in Zohar, Pinchas, we see that, ramim, um, the thunder comes from the side of Yitzchak. And through this, his words are heard. What does that mean? When the Zohar said, that his voice is released, and encounters the rain clouds, his voice has transmitted to creation, this is what it means, his voice has transmitted to creation, means, his voice is now being heard. His he's being um what do you call? Him? Um his words are listened to. Kitamantalya Hanumish Tamaka Livyata meaning his voice is transmitted to creation. Kitamantal Shmiya for hearing is linked to Yi Gachamain. Okay, Moshikatuva says Hashem Shamatishimahaya Shah Shamatish Mahaya Hashem, I heard your of your message, I feared. This idea of hearing and fearing is is one idea. When you have fear, then your voice is being heard. And this is what it explains in Tehilim. Mighty words. Or no. Uh, mighty Mighty, mighty ones who do Hashem's bidding. He do Hashem's word. To listen to the voice of His word. What does that mean? Um and we specifically use the word mighty one. This idea of gvura, which is or who do his bidding who hear his word. What it means whenever you're whenever you're a mighty one it's, it's this is an aspect of which we talked about then a person is able to listen to his word which is this idea his his words are heard. And it's brought in the Zohar in parashat lech lecha le mishma kalin min ela um they merit to hear voices from above this is a reference to these mighty ones who do hashem's bidding they merit to hear voices from above Hanu meaning through you create through strength you severity you create the talked about the ram for through this your heart listened this was the end of the the phrase my the, the meditations of my heart are not t- understanding. Och Moshe and it says, V'natata le'avdecha shomea and I gave to your servant a listening heart. V'gam nivriyata nivriyata and also his words are um, heard by creation are transmitted to creation. The creation hears his words. lishmoa hear the voice of his words. this is what it says in that verse. kol this is the aspect of the voice the sound of the shofa what is the Shofar? It's the Shofar. It's the Shofar of the... It's the, like the, the ram's horn. And what is it? a ram? the ram of Yitzchak. So what do we see here? The Shofar is the aspect of Yitzchak. Because the Shofar comes from the ram, which is Yitzchak. As the Zohar says, We see here that um, the Shofar has to do with Yitzchak, which is Gvura, which is Ra'am, which we explained was thunder. This is why the shofar is so known to, to wake people up because it's the idea of of uh, arousing the heart because it comes from sitra de itra, it straight into the crookedness of the heart through this thunder which is the shofar uh, this is the aspect of his thunderous strength Happy is the one who knows the truah, the Shofar blast. Specifically, one who knows the blast. Why? Because the voice strikes the mind. And what's the mind? It's the Moach. What's the mind? It's that. It's who knows. Meaning to know is the idea of to have the Chokmah When your voice strikes your mind. Because only when your voice strikes your mind, you're able to know. And then you have the truah, then you have the shofar blast, which is this power of the idea of the shofar to arouse your heart. <laughs> what did we say? you like a specifically one who knows. Whenever kol bemoach, whenever the voice strikes the mind, bechinot which are the rain clouds, we said they become the aspect of thunder. And one who hears the shofar from a one who, from a man who is who has yechad who trembles. Before Hashem. It's certain that he won't worry from the entire the entire year from thunder. It says, As it says in the in the pasuk, uh, with regard to Matad Torah, when Hashem gave the Torah, with thunder, with sounds and thunder, you revealed yourself to them, and you appeared to them with the sound of your shofar. So what does that I mean? Rabbi is now re- retranslating in this, this into a new way. That with the sound of the Shofar he was um, appearing to them and he was protecting them from lightning and from thunder. Meaning when a person hears from uh, the sound of Shofar from a person who is worthy from a person who is kasher um ish yarev vechared Who's a man who trembles and who fears? Then he doesn't need to to be afraid of thunder and reamim, uh, of um, lightning, all this stuff. So, all these tikkuni that we're explaining, all this deep stuff of the zohar, even though we don't get it, the, the simple idea is a person's prayer who emits that he emits um, the, the prayer that a person emits with his voice. The main thing is to um, to pray that your voice should strike your mind. That means to listen to the words that you're praying, to have intention to the words you're praying, that your ears should listen, that your mind should pay attention to the words that you're that you're uttering. And that through that your vo- your heart will be aroused and then you attain true simcha. That's why Rabenu says uh, that simcha is really dependent upon breaking your heart, <laughs> which is he do that a person should break his heart for an hour a day and then he will attain simcha for the rest of the day. This idea that when a person breaks his heart for an hour, he can actually attain simcha through that. The breaking of the heart, which is this idea of like this, is the that we're talking about here, um, the, the idea is straightening and crooking, uh, straightening the crookedness of your heart through that broken heartedness. It's a very interesting idea. It's like a it's a paradox of some sort. I'm sure there's a connection to it. Um, we'll move on. But the idea of prayer, praying loud enough that your ears should listen, that your voice should strike your mind. Now Rabban is going to explain what qualities a person must ma- have in his mind so that he should um, have his voice be able to be transferred, transferred into thunder or transmitted into thunder. Um, we're going to see here um, the necessary, um, what is contingent upon. But a person must turn his mind and to rid his mind from foreign wisdoms and foreign thoughts. And what does Rabbanu say all this stuff is, all these foreign thoughts, these wisdoms? This represents Chametz. Don't sour and make your mind Chametz with foreign wisdoms and with Tavot, with desires. What are foreign wisdoms? These ideas of these Tavot. Foreign wisdoms are philosophies, your own Chochmot, the things that you think are right, all this stuff that that we make so many mistakes on, our own Chochmot. Not the Chochma of the true Chachamim. It's our khokhmat, the chokhmah that we think uh, we have. When we get rid of that, then we can truly, truly have a pure mind. Rabban is going to explain here. And ta'avot, um, get rid of the ta'avot, your 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 lust, your desires, whatever it is, you have to get rid of it because this is how you purify your mind. So that when your voice strikes your mind, it will be converted into thunder. Because if your voice strikes your mind, if your mind isn't pure. And what happens, God forbid, is that it can't, your voice can not be transformed into thunder. And through that, your voice won't be transmitted into creation. Your heart won't be aroused. You won't attain Simcha. And then you won't know whether it's before or after the Gzahdin. The entire Tikkun that we're talking about won't be applicable. So you first have to rid your mind of all this Chometz. And what is Chometz? Chokhmot, chitzoniot, foreign wisdom, and ta'avot. Desires. Avar kshigargat ademok but whenever the spheres of your mind are clogged with impurity, you shall be made unclean by them. This is a reference to all these Ta'bot, the referencing, and the foreign wisdom, then your voice is not heard. Meaning it's not going to be heard by your heart. And your voice won't be transmitted to thunder. You shall also protect your fear. That from one's fear, his voice emerges. His thunderous strength. As it says, the thunder of his strength. Um, because what did he say is, and from the is the aspect of the voice. That you shouldn't have foreign fears, meaning all you should fear is only Hashem. Don't fear wild beasts, animals, thieves, robbers, this, that, no one else except for Hashem this is if there's no wisdom there's no fear if there's no fear there's no wisdom what does that mean? Okay, well, we just said it earlier this idea that fear and wisdom are contended upon each other you have gvrot you have when you have thunder and fear then your voice whenever you have proper thunder and fear then your voice will be transmitted to, Uh, when you have this idea of this when your voice strikes the mind which is the chokhmah then you have this fear which is the gvurah that gets transmitted into creation, your your heart gets aroused and you're able to do tshuvah and to attain true simcha. So this is chokmah and yirah, one idea. It's the chokhmah of your mind, that your voice strikes your mind. And then what? Yirah is the gvurah. It's the re'amim, it's, it's the thunder that you create when your voice is transmitted um, through your purity of your mind. So if your mind is impure, then you won't have yirah, and you won't have uh, thunder. What happened? Gabriel descended and he plunged a reed into the sea Perush the explanation is like this hanu meaning from the devolution of gvurah whenever gvurah descends into this world whenever the severities gvurah comes down and descends level by level hanu what is gvurah it's yir'achitoniot meishtachelut whenever gvurah descends hanu yir'achitoniot this then becomes Yot. foreign fears he plunged the reed into the sea of wisdom. You know, the, uh, a famous thing in the Zohar, the sea of, uh, the sea of wisdom. What this means is when Gvura descends, it becomes it becomes foreign fears and then what happens, it gets plunged into the sea of wisdom. So we're going to see what this means. This is what it means when Gabriel came down and plunged the reed into the sea. Meaning, what is, let's see what it says, Rabbi is going to explain. What's a read? This is the voice that exits from the windpipe. As we we actually talked about this, um, um, what do you call it in lesson three? Of acquire for yourself a chaver. Kene is a play on the idea of kane windpipe. Talked about. I think it's in lesson three. Um, we talked about this, but kane. This is the voice that exits from the kane the windpipe. So it's not read it's windpipe. Which um, is uh, which comes via the devolution of susfita What is the devolution of Gvrot when Gvura descends down? This is the dross of gold. Susfita the dava, like the 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 little impurities on top of the gold. this is foreign fears. This is what it's a reference in the zohar The Zohar speaks about this. That the the dross of the gold is it's foreign fears. What happened whenever um um, what do you call it? From the devolution of Gurot, which is uh, foreign fears. What happens whenever you still have foreign fears? When a person's mind isn't pure of these, foreign, rid of these foreign fears, the voice then becomes it becomes plunged into the impurity of the mind. And then the, the voice is not transmitted to creation. This is what it says, yeah. Gavriel plunged the reed into the sea. This reed, which is this aspect of the voice that exits from the windpipe, um, which is the which comes through the devolution of because what did we say earlier um, we said above the uh, ram is the aspect of the voice um, yeah it's the aspect of the voice so what did we say earlier so now we're understanding whenever a person doesn't get rid of his foreign fears then that foreign fear then becomes plunged into the impurity of your mind and then your voice doesn't become transmitted. Your voice can be transformed into thunder. So your voice isn't properly rectified. And it then doesn't get transmitted into creation. There's obviously lots of um, complicated stuff and lots of connections here that I might not be getting, but um, we continue. And the essential is what? Goes back to the essential. Guard your mind so that it doesn't turn sour. And this is what it says in Kane. Rebuke the beast of the reed. Break the reed of the Chet, which is the left leg of the Chet. Take the letter Chet. If you take a look at the letter of the Chet, you break the Chet, the, the left leg of the Chet, you make from it a letter he. When you break the, the bridge at the top and the left leg, right when they meet, you create a gap between and then the Chet becomes a Hay. So what does this mean? Kane. Break the reed of the chet and you make a he. And this is what it says in the Zohar Pinchas. What do you create from the word chametz Because chametz has a chet. The only difference between the word chametz and matzah is the chet and the he. So when you break the chet of chametz, you create matzah. So that you shouldn't turn sour your mind. This what Rabban was saying. When your voice isn't properly rectified, why isn't properly rectified? Whenever you have still foreign fears attached to your mind. What happens? And your voice can be transmitted to, into thunder. So what does Rabenu say? Break the reed of the chet. What is the reed? Kane, which is the voice of the... the voice that exits from your windpipe. The kaneh, right? So when you break, whenever the voice that exits from your windpipe is now able to, to hit the mind, then you create this idea of matzah. We're going to see here. Meaning whenever you don't create chametz, when you break the chet of chamet, you create matzah. So breaking the chet of chametz requires us to break our foreign fears and to get rid of our chokhmot chitzoniot or Tavot that Rabbi Lu talked about. Bezeu leshon ge'ar. This is what it means. The language of ge'ar, which means to rebuke, leshon meriva, which means conflict. Ki leshon meriva because the word Matzah actually is an expression of conflict. as you know ki metzit uh, uh, matzita or met, um, I think metzit. Matsuta um, or something, is actually um, a, a language that I think Rashi uses, or something like that, to explain uh, conflict. Machroket Let's see what it says here. Uh, the men of your conflict, as it says in Yeshaya, um, and he says, "Look in the Zohar." So matzah comes from the word conflict. So we see here that the tzaddikim engage. In battle with the other side, the evil side, that they shouldn't come close to the to the um, to the holy settlement, basically. The Mishkan of holiness. That means you should guard your Chokhmah, that your mind shouldn't have um, enter into it these wisdoms, these foreign wisdoms. That you shouldn't think bad thoughts. For like last four thoughts, Shembachanat Kane de Sitracha. This is what it means, the reed of the Sitracha. What did it mean then he plunged the reed into the sea? What's the sea? He plunged the reed, the reed which we are explaining as the um Um Kane de Sitracha, these Hiorim Raim, the reed of the Yetza. Well Yarat Gabriel the Kana the Naat Kane Bayam. Yarad Gabriel Gabriel, who's Gvurot, which we explained earlier, me is Tasheluta Gvorot. Yarad Gabriel, Gabriel who represents Vura, from him descends Yerod Chitoniot. And whenever Yerod Chitoniot come, when you still have Yerod what happens? You have a Kane Bayam. Uh, a reed is plunged into the sea. What's the reed? It's all these bad thoughts, these chok- the this Chitoniot, the Chameh that a person still has, is plunged into the Yam, which is Yam HaChochma, to the sea of wisdom. This is the explanation that we brought earlier, uh, that Rabbeinu explained. How it's tying full circle. Kaneget Kane Kene Chochma, this is the aspect of acquire wisdom, acquire understanding, as it says in um, Avot or in Mishle. Um Digdusha, It's a reference to holy wisdom, holy understanding. This is a holy kane. Through this, you are saved from the aspect of chanetz which is the side of death. What do they mean machmetzet? All leaven. Mahmatat taman sita khadamat There you have the side of death Because if you take the word mahmatat you have khamat in the middle and then you have mem and ta at the end mahmatat you have khamat and then you have mem and ta which is met which is death so you have khamat which equals death with amin and believe rabbanus says ki kol ma tsutun nirvan rabbanus knows between mass of khidushia all arguments and conflicts shay bena sadiki mash that occur between the complete tzadikim, he says, and it is only in order so that they should push away the yetzah. Meaning, they don't even have an argument between themselves. It's actually in order, intentionally, to push away the yetzah. This is an explanation. The ear listens to the rebuke of life. And lodges amongst the wise. This is an expression of complaint and conflict. Um, he says, "Look at the Zohar Chadash. Uh, that um, he lodged there. talin, meaning he lodges amongst the wise. Talin is It's an aspect aspect of complaint, umriva and conflict. This idea that the um, that uh, the they don't engage in conflict for themselves." They're doing it for something much bigger. We're gonna see what they're doing it to push away this the sitra the, the evil side. So this is the meaning of this pasuk. When you hear the conflict between the complete tzadikim, te da, no. This is informing you and making you know that um, you blemished over the you blemished yourself over the drops of your mind. That upon a person who blemishes the drops of his mind, which is a reference to the one who wastes his seed, God forbid, kol ba'eha lo yishuvon, All those who come to it do not return. Meaning all those who enter into the sin don't return. They lo They will not attain the pathways of life. They cannot attain the Torah. They cannot attain o'chot chayim, the paths of life. Whenever you are attached to the Yetzirah, the side of death, the chametz. Which is the aspect of Gabriel descended and plunged a reed into the sea, meaning he plunged a reed, which is the yirat into the um, the sea of wisdom. Meaning when your mind is completely clogged with all this ramet. and Gabriel is all these gvurot, which is yirat So this is what Rabenu is saying here, that when the tzaddikim are, complete tzaddikim are arguing between each other, it's a push away the sitraacha, and it's to uh, what do you call it? it's to inform the person who is listening to this argument that his drops of his mind are blemished, that he's um, that he's unfortunately blemished his weight. And why do we mean that? Because the drops of his mind, the whiteness of the mind we talked about earlier. no That he plunged the reed whenever it says this in that um, in Gemara. What did we say is the reed? It's the foreign wisdom we talked about. They're plunged into the sea of wisdom, into your sea of wisdom. And it's certain that if you did not blemish your mind, it's certain that you would not have heard this argument between the tzadikim So, how do you not blemish your mind, which is an aspect of this aspect of this aspect of, this aspect of the, the reed that Gabriel plunges, right? This kane, this chames that a person has in his mind. Um, it's because of the Chametz that a person is hearing this argument. This argument is only for you. So that you should return from death to life. From Chametz to Matzah. From Chet to, from to hay. Because What's the difference between Chametz and Matzah? The Chet and the hay. You break the Chet. Break the reed of the Chet and you create a He. What does it mean, the reed of the Chet? It's the reed of Chet, which is all the Chametz. The reed of this Chet. The reed, which says Chochmah um Yerod Chetzioniot, Tavot, all the stuff that we described earlier, and when you create that into hey, you create matza. V'tashu minir and your return from four, from evil fear, mikol pagum from a blemished voice, me Chochmah paguma minir atova, me Chochmah paguma from a blemished wisdom, minir atova to a good fear, lekol tov to good voice, a Chochmah a good um, wisdom. Meaning, you transform all these evil things, all these um, these aspects of the, uh, of kol, a voice, of chokhmah, of wisdom, which are blemished and made evil by you because of your chokhmah chitoniot and all this stuff that we talked about, into a good voice, and you rectify your voice. Uh, you have good fear and you have good wisdom. And when you guard your wisdom from the aspect of chame, from the aspect of Khamet. So that your mind shouldn't be clogged through Hamet. Then what? Your voice strikes your mind. There's fears of your mind. And transforms into thunder. And you straighten the crookedness of your heart. And then you merit Simcha. And this is what it says. The straight-hearted are happy. When you called in secret, I answered you. Thunderously Ram. If I tested you upon the waters of conflict. the waters of conflict. This is what we said is Matza the argument, Right? This represents Mochin, intellect. I mean. Through this, one creates thunder. Whenever he creates from Chometz to Matzah, then he purifies his mind from all these and then he allows his mind to be ready to receive that voice which strikes the, the rain clouds which is his mind and then gets transformed into thunder to straighten the crookedness of his heart to attain Simcha. So, simply, simply put, this last section is basically just telling us be very careful from foreign fears, not fearing anyone except for Hashem, anything except for Hashem. And this we have to pray for tremendously. Also, removing foreign wisdom to all our philosophy, all our ideas. The ideas to throw away all that we think we know and accept the, the wisdom of the true tzaddikim and the true tzaddik. And to remove yourself all these tabot raot, which Rabbeinu we explained in Lesson 4 was also coming close to the tzaddik. He removes you all these evil desires. Um, so we're going to continue with Section 5 next class. This is where we end. And uh, from Ot we will continue next one.